What an amazing scene. Um, have you ever seen something like that? No, of course not. <laughs> Just seeing if you're paying attention. <laughs> what were the disciples supposed to do in such a, after such an amazing scene? What were they supposed to think and feel after they just saw Jesus standing there, just becoming like light, and then a cloud appearing, and then there was the the great prophets, Moses and Elijah there standing next to him. What were they supposed to do? I mean, what are we supposed to do when we hear this story? It's such an amazing story that we hear in the Word of God at at our liturgy, and it comes on us, and how are we supposed to respond? For me, I can't imagine any other reaction like the disciples had, just to fall on your face in fear and worship. The disciples were so overcome with what they encountered, they fell on their faces in fear. See, here's the thing. The disciples, they had burned in their cultural memory that type of encounter. See, Moses, one of the people who appeared on the mountain, he regularly went up Mount Sinai and had this encounter, different encounters with gods in the burning bush or when he went up the mountain to plead for the people, um, when he got received the commandments and, and the second time he received the new uh, tablets, he went down and his, his face shone like light. And there were other times when the cloud came over the mountain and God spoke. So the disciples going up the mountain and seeing the cloud and seeing Jesus shining like light, they knew something amazing was about to happen. They knew God was about to give these instruction to them. They were about to encounter the God of heaven in a spectacular way. Um, And historically as Jews, that would have really shaken them. So what happened? Well, they were up there following Jesus on the mountain and then the voice of the Father spoke to them. This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favor. Listen to him. When they heard this, the disciples fell on their faces, overcome with fear. When you encounter such presence of God, when you encounter God's audibly speaking to you and the cloud covering you and you see the glory of Christ, that is way too much to experience (laughs) in the one time. See, There is far too much goodness, beauty, and love that our little hearts can contain here on earth. It's Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but in the face of such goodness and such beauty, I would just be like, it's too much. (laughs) I'm going to fall to my face in fear. They were fearful of the, the goodness, the beauty, and the love. It was too much. I know in my own life, uh, some, like if I look at the, the most profound counters I've had with God in my own life, um, that same reaction comes up. It's too much. <laughs> You're too good. You're actually too good. See, God is, he is. He's infinitely good. He's infinitely loving. He's more beautiful than we could possibly imagine. It's so much more than we could imagine. And, and so the disciples... They fell on their faces and they worship. See, Moses, when he went up the mountain and all those amazing things happened, he was given commandments by God. He was given instruction. And the greatest 
instruction he was given, the greatest commandment he was given for all the people, was the first commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is the Shema, what the Jews constantly recite throughout the day, so they keep it on their mind, that we are called to worship the Lord God with all of ourselves, with all of our, our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. That's supposed to be the way we are. That's the greatest commandment. That's what God communicated on the mountain in the most spectacular event. Jesus, of course, repeated that, didn't he? In Matthew 22, 34, the, the Pharisees questioned him. They probably knew the answer because this is, the, this is the, the, the most commonly repeated scripture, basically, in their religion. And they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And what did he say? He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second was to love your neighbor. But the first commandment was to worship God with all we have. That in the face of such love, in response to what he's done for us, the greatest thing, the highest calling we have, is to worship God with everything. This is our greatest calling. This is what we'll be doing for eternity. We'll be worshipping God for all eternity. This is what we're called to do. Now, I can understand our, our, our reaction. You might not be thinking this, but sometimes um, people think, well, that sounds a little bit egotistical. <laughs> Why create us so that we can worship you for all eternity? kind of sounds a bit one way, doesn't it? It's not like that at all. <laughs> See, worship, it's all about love. I'm a celibate man, but maybe the, the married people in the congregation, you might like to yes or no after I say this. <laughs> when we express our love and our praise for the other, love grows. You actually have to say nice things about your spouse. <laughs> you actually have to offer praise. You actually have to affirm them. You have to say nice things. It's how it's part of a, it's an integral way to growing the relationship. It's kind of like that with God. When we actually praise God, when we turn our hearts to him with all of ourselves and we say, you are so good and we give it all to you, our love for him grows. We actually benefit when we praise God. Therefore, it's all about love. And we're responding when we praise. We look at the goodness and we praise and then it's this dance of growing in love and relationship, and that dance will continue forever. The other thing that happens when we open up to this gift of praise is everything falls away. We become focused on the present. So see uh, Peter, when he first saw Jesus starting to emulate, emulate light beams or something, <laughs> he said, it's good that I'm here. It's good that we're here, Lord. Let's make some tents. Uh, one for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. We'll stay here. This is, this is a good place. Everything else doesn't matter now. We're just going to camp on the top of a mountain. <laughs> when we encounter God's presence, his goodness, his love, everything else falls away, and we're just like, this is where I need to be. This is it. 
When we, there's a beautiful song that we sing, a hymn that we sing in the church. I'm not going to sing it to you, don't worry. It says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and, let the, things of, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we turn our eyes upon Jesus, when we look at his face, the things of earth grow strangely dim. Because we realize that this is it. This is the best thing. This is the most, the goodest (laughs) thing that we could possibly imagine. And it's like everything else is almost dim because in comparison to where we are. When we encounter God, we're present. It's one of the hallmarks. When we encounter him, we just get consumed in his presence and we want to be there forever. Now, this is a gift. <laughs> praise, the gift of praise and worship is actually a gift, something that God helps us to do. He calls us to it, yes, but he also gives us the, the ability to do it through the Holy Spirit. When we, through the Holy Spirit, we come in contact with God and our hearts are just become ardent with this source of hope, with our souls become ardent with praise, it just comes out of us. The Spirit does it within us. When we enter praise, we assume a posture of heaven. We assume what the way we're going to be in the future, to, to a little extent now. It's like we get to experience what that relationship is like in heaven. So focused, so, um, so much love and so much connection with God that everything else falls away. In the liturgy, what we're doing now It's actually uh, a beautiful opportunity to do that, as we know, to worship God. We call it our Sunday worship. You know, the church in a recent, um, well, not so recent anymore, but in a document from Vatican Council, it says, in the earthly liturgy, we take part in a foretaste of that heavenly liturgy. What we're doing now is a foretaste of what will come in heaven, that we as a people bring our whole selves to God, and we do that in many ways. We, In the prayers of the faithful, we bring our prayers. In the offertory procession, it's a symbol of us bringing all that we have in our gifts to the Lord. And then God comes down from heaven in the blessed sacrament, and we meet together, and we're in communion. We give the gift of our full selves to God, and he responds by giving us himself. It's this great dance of love that we'll have forever. So how can we grow in the gift of praise and worship? How can we adopt this posture of heaven, so to speak? Well, be present. That's the main word. If you remember one thing um, from this homily, uh, it's presence, the word presence. We practice the presence of God. We come to Mass, maybe a little bit earlier, we might just say, Lord, I'm present to you today. Let me know your presence. I call to mind your presence. Or maybe when you wake up, the first thing you might like to do is to say, Lord, thank you for this day. Let me be present to you as I I do my work, as as I do whatever I do today. This day is yours. It's an act of worship. Maybe when you go to sleep, before you go to sleep, you say thank you. You actually tell God, give him praise for the things that you're grateful for that day. Lord, thank you that... um, the World Cup rugby is coming soon. That's amazing. We're all so excited. You know, whatever it is. 
As long as it's genuine, a movement from the heart. Thank you, Lord, for what you did today. We actually tell God the reasons for our love of him. And in doing so, our hearts get filled. They burn with the love of God and we come closer to him. There are so many ways we can practice the presence of God any time throughout the day. We begin our prayer, Lord, make us aware of your presence. Because when we're aware of his presence, everything else grows dim because we're connected with the source of our hope, the source of our, of our Christian hope, of all that we want. So Lord, give us that gift of praise today as we read this, this verse of, of your glory and um, let us be always aware of your presence in our lives. Amen. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.